0: On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview Shark who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host Seth Green. Today I've got the good fortune to be joined by Steve Weiss of Mute 6. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So, tell everybody cuz you got a really cool business. What is Mute 6?
1: Mute Six is a customer acquisition platform on top of Facebook and Google. We help e-commerce companies scale profitable advertising spend on Facebook. And we also do video on top of Facebook. So we, we're really good on both the creative side as well as the direct response side. So we're kind of in the middle of the coin.
0: Awesome. And let's go back in time. Uh, how did you get started?
1: I started internet marketing when I was 16 years old. Uh, my first company was a lead generation company. And, The way I got into digital marketing was from in school suspension in high school. Okay.
0: You got to tell us that story.
1: (laughs) So in school suspension was based in the computer lab, Um, the act of actually being in a computer lab for eight hours and having nothing to do. Um, I started going into different types of internet, IRC chat rooms, AOL chat rooms. And the whole goal was to get free, you know, adult content. You know, sixteen years old, fifteen years old. You know, so I, I wanted to figure out how do I get free content, and then um that parlayed into whoa I can make money on the computer. So you uh,
0: got to bridge that gap for me. How do you go from the sixteen year old looking for porn to hey this can make money? Well, well how do you make that leap?
1: <laughs> I was in the internet relay chat, and someone someone uploaded a program that you could actually use to actually gen you know take all the AOL screen names and send a, an email message saying hey. You want to join this adult dating site? See free content, and we got paid—you know—a certain amount of money for each new subscriber. So you were a
0: content. spam internet marketer, affiliate marketer.
1: Yeah. well I didn't know what I was doing. I no, 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 no.
0: I'm that. not. I'm not judging, man. Listen, <laughs> I wish I had thought of that when I was 16.
1: You know, it kind of went head in head. It's like, yeah, I want the free content. I also want to make money. So it kind of was like, yeah. Just
0: so me. I. So you were a sp- internet. You were a, fil- a porn affiliate marketer, spammer at 16. That is awesome.
1: You know, then, but then,
0: then Whatever got, your feelings are, anyone's feelings watching or listening about porn aside, that's still brilliant at 16 to figure out how to make money off of that.
1: And then it then it, then it became obvious that like I didn't want to, you know, I had a moral moral high ground. I didn't sure, wanna, you did. Yep. <laughs> you know, a couple of months of like, you know, I'm in a computer lab. I don't want to do this. So then people then might
0: it, see what I'm watching. You know.
1: Then I met someone in one of the IRC groups, and they were like, you know, hey, I'll pay you money to generate mortgage leads. And at the time, I didn't really know what a mortgage was. But and I, they didn't know
0: you were like sixteen.
1: <laughs> no one knew that. It, you know, you always want to stay beneath the radar at the time, and it became obvious there was a huge need to generate mortgage leads for mortgage companies because they pay lots of money to generate leads. And not knowing what a mortgage was, it just made sense that I get paid money to get someone to fill out a lead form.
0: <laughs> All right. So you started generating. So you couldn't. You were. Where you do it? Where you just spamming AOL screen names to generate mortgage leads, or did you come up with something else?
1: Yeah, so what happened was you could actually go into every single chat room back in the day from each computer, and it would connect to the chat room and download all the screen names, and then it would actually send a message to each one of the screen names saying, hey, would you want to do this? Would you want to do that? Hey, would you want to – very similar to where Facebook Messenger is now, which is kind of (laughs) interesting.
0: Except they're so, making a few more bucks than you are off that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's how I started. And back in the day, they didn't have—they actually have servers, so I had to do it on a computer by computer by computer basis. So I started rigging, you know, a lot of computers to just start, you know, connecting the chat rooms. And before you know it, I had like you know ten computers in my house and two two computers here, and they were all just you know connecting to AOL. And you know,
0: see, man, I thought I was smart by just joining like the Columbia House Record Club ten times under ten different names and getting like a hundred free hundred. 100- cassette tapes so you were like way ahead of me so did yeah so 10 computers that you're I mean my mom eventually caught on when the postman was there like every day delivering packages of tapes to all these different people and asking her does uh Daryl Strawberry live here does Ron (laughs) Carew live here like um so how did did your parents notice there were 10 computers how did that go
1: yeah, well, my mom my mom just thought I was, you know, I was always labeled, oh, Steve does some really weird stuff behind the computer to make money. I was always labeled that guy, you know, like, the, you know, like I was a computer whiz, which I wasn't a computer whiz. I was just, a, you know, opportunistic, you know, just a guy who was like, oh, a way to make money. That's, a, that's what I'm going to do. And I never actually, you know, wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, I never had any aspirations. I wanted to make the NBA. That was my goal. In life. I wanted to make.
0: You're going to be the first one of the few Jewish white guys in the NBA. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it like it was all I wanted to do. I used to play basketball, you know, sixteen hours a day. Summertime oh came around, I the basketball court, and
0: how tall me. are you? I can't see from the shot from the video. I was
1: six foot three.
0: Oh, okay. So you actually had potentially could have actually played <laughs> basketball, not like some of us who are like five feet something. So,
1: <laughs> i had so high. I could slap the backboard. The, the big big growing up was when you slap the backboard, you have pride, you know. You slap I that bet. Backboard with pride.
0: I cannot do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come cool, man.
0: All right, so uh, all right, so you're doing weird. Your parents think you're doing weird stuff behind the computer to make money. Did you go to college? Did you go to college for compute for yeah. market for what you do? What did you do after high school?
1: Uh, I went to, so I played football and in, in high school. Then I went to college to play football. My, my next goal was I wanted to make the NFL. That I got injured freshman year playing football, and that dream went away. So I kind of like. I kind of went to college, but I didn't go to college. I was kind of just going through the motions. I I had a very profitable regeneration business, and at the time, I was remember going into class thinking, you know, it's kind of, kind of like, how can I put it? I was like, I was making a lot of money, and I didn't really believe in in the education system because I was always such a bad student. So I was like, what can this teacher teach me about school? When you're you're making more money than him, right? (laughs) Exactly. It was kind of like the logic of, well, you know, I'm just going to go have fun. I'm going to skip classes. I' had too much confidence at the time. and then you know I was selling mortgage leads, I built the system that would take in leads you know from other people. So what happened was I was like, I'm working so hard to generate all these mortgage leads. And then I was like, you know I found all these other people who are also generating leads. So I'm like, I could sell their mortgage leads to my clients and do little more little amount of work. So I built the system where I purchased leads at one price and just resell them three, four or five times to other lenders and not do any work and I was doing really well from, from like 17 years old to about 21 years old and I didn't do any work and I made you know, significant amounts of money.
0: Okay so you're reselling more you're generating mortgage leads and then reselling them and presumably those more poor poor, poor wonderful people looking for mortgage get hammered by five or six brokers and somebody eventually gets the sale. Um, all right what after so college happens and you're going through the motions and then what? What happens after yeah, school?
1: Um, I had the coming to come into life moment of the mortgage crisis happened. I get a letter from one of my biggest lenders. I'm selling these to a company called Ameriquest, and they say it's from their collections department. Um, the way I was doing it was I was buying leaves and then waiting to get paid from you know all the lenders that would pay me for leaves. So I get the coming to coming to life moment, or the coming to you know reality moment was when they sent me a letter and they're like, "To con to receive your eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar invoice." I have to contact their collections department. And I, at the time, I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know what this means. I just call it collections. Lady. I was like, yeah, just wire it to my account. Here's my account information. And, you know, I just like, and they were like, no, it doesn't work like that. You're not getting paid. And that's when the whole, all the fun went away. And I had to really, you know, figure out life.
0: Damn, I can't imagine having an 850000 account receivable I can't collect. That would really suck.
1: <laughs> and, uh, you know, I declared bankruptcy with that business. And, I went back to being a normal person. Uh, I actually got a job working at Victoria's Secret and
0: uh, doing doing what, man? Because sixteen-year-olds affiliate porn marketer. What are you doing for Victoria's Secret?
1: Well, I was twenty-three years old and I had a friend who worked there, and um, she got me a job. At first, I was like, "Is this in a retail store?" In a retail store. So I went from making. A lot so what of is a
0: twenty-three-year-old guy doing in a Victoria's Secret store?
1: I don't, I don't know. I asked myself that a lot when I was working there, but um, you know,
0: <laughs> you need help trying this on, like. Yeah.
1: So they told me there's two things that I couldn't do. I couldn't go into the dressing room and, right. beds, and I couldn't measure. But anything else, I was really good at sales. And uh, had these things called the angel cards, which I gave away more like angel cards than anyone in history in that location. And then I just stocked. I stocked the room. I stocked everything. And that was like when I was kind of like figuring out what I want to do in my life. I didn't really have any college degree. I didn't really have any, you know, like when you're in that area of your young 20s, you're just like. You've had a lot of success. I felt like I was a childhood actor. I didn't really, I didn't, I had no direction. And I, I took everything, I took all the success as a kid for granted. I mean, when you have success when you're young on the computer and, and the internet, you just take it all for granted. You think that whatever you're going to touch is automatically going to turn to gold. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> so, all
0: right, so we work at Victoria's Secret. Um, and then how did Mute 6 come about?
1: So, I. I went to law school. Um, after Victoria, I went to you law school. You got some religion. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow they let me into law school, and I, yeah, I flunked out of law school and moved back to New Jersey. And to make a long story short, um, I I had a I had a tragedy happen, Hurricane Sandy, and it made me know, like I, you know, my stepfather passed away in Hurricane Sandy when I'm he so yeah, it was so sorry. Yeah, it was you know it was tough. 2012, and I moved, I'm like, this is where I I always want to move to LA, and this gave me the opportunity, it really showed me in life that I really have to follow my dreams and really go to where I want to be at and where I want to start my life, so I moved to LA, and I started doing what I was really good at, I started getting back into advertising online, and I was always really good at running Facebook ads, as a hobby, and as a hobby, when I was going to school, I was a stand-up comic, so I used to run Facebook ads, back when they had Facebook flyers, to get people to come to my comedy shows, to watch me perform, so I got back into Facebook ad and started doing affiliate marketing and I started making a really good living as an affiliate marketer on Facebook. And Facebook said in as many words to the end of 2000, early 2013 that we don't want any Facebook marketer. We don't want any affiliate right. marketers on our platform. So go.
0: I remember that.
1: <laughs> you, you're out. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? So I started consulting with a number of e-commerce brands in in the area and they they're all like what how do we drive new customers on facebook how do we make things profitable so i started just working with them and i was able had a couple a number of great successes and my name started getting out there and uh, before you know it you know i'm at 20 and 20 employees and you know we have creative we have all this stuff going on and that's kind of how mute six started it was just me it was just me seeing an opportunity where no one was really good at this one skill set of customer acquisition and just going in there and trying to take advantage and be the thought leader in that one area
0: that is awesome. Congratulations. That's an, if you haven't written a book, the long version of that story, you totally should. We would be happy to publish it. That's an awesome story.
1: Thanks, man. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. So what are some of the most common mistakes you see your clients making when it comes to advertising on Facebook?
1: Uh, number one, uh, measurement. Um, a lot of companies have a lot of success on Facebook initially, and they, over, they make it the biggest part and the only part of their business. To make Facebook work, you have to have other channels that are continuously filling the audience buckets to give you the audience data to remarket to on Facebook. Uh, Number two, I see a lot of companies who do over sales. I hate sales. I hate, you know, I don't like discounting. I think it's like the worst thing you could do for your product because you keep, it's like a, a march to the bottom. So I see discounting and I just get scared when I see a brand that's over discounting. And Number three, not reading the comments and the reviews of your product. Like that, that is like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Is like I see all these negative comments and no one's even responding to them. Like just respond to your comments. they like they have such a great effect on the convergerated brands.
0: That those are great pointers. What are you finding is the biggest area of opportunity on Facebook ads now? They're um, two, always changing.
1: Two areas. Uh, number one, Messenger. Um, if you if you don't have a messenger bot set up already, um, you know whether it's post acquisition, whereas you just got a sale and you want to, re- you know, reply back, hey guys, thanks for signing up for the sale. Take 20% off this product. If you don't have a messenger bot set up of some sort. You're missing out on such a golden opportunity of marketing. Not there's not many people doing messenger bots. That's why there's 80 and 90% engagement rate on messenger right now. So. Highly recommend to really jump on messenger. There's so many good apps on Shopify for messenger. So number one messenger and then number two, obviously video. I think that we could all, everyone here, you gotta be on video, you gotta do video, you gotta do video. Well, not just having a, not just doing video to do video, but having a, a cohesive video strategy.
0: All right. And you've got some incredible case studies on your website, some of which even been, I believe, featured by Facebook itself. Can you talk just at random, pick one or two and tell us something about how you were able to get such amazing results?
1: So first off, a lot of the case studies on our website are more attributed to the amazing group of people that I have working with me. They're they're a lot smarter than me. And I, I think the key to running any awesome agency or business is to hire people who are smarter than you. And I think we've done a great you know, job of that. Um, the first one I would say is, uh, pre-heels. Um, pre-heels is a product that, uh, it's a one skew e-commerce product. Um, where literally, you know, amazing brand that Adam Palom started. Uh, and what you do is you, you put you put the, um, serum on the back of your, on the back of your, uh, foot and it stops, you know, if you wear high heels, I don't really wear high heels, but wear <laughs> I was high heels. Ask. <laughs> you know, it stops the friction from happening. It stops the pain. So, had a lot of success with video on Facebook, um, just showing how that product works and kind of bringing some comedy to that product. So Facebook did a case study as well as Forbes on pre-heels on some of our work that we've done in terms of producing some amazing content and generating direct response acquisition from our content.
0: That is really, really cool. What are you finding in terms of, you talk about Facebook and Messenger bots. um, What about the other platforms? What about Instagram, Snapchat?
1: So, you guys do anything on there? Snapchat, we're not kind of not touching. I I think you got to be really good in one one or two specific areas. So I I feel like Snapchat doesn't have the audience data that Facebook has, so we're not really messing with Snapchat right now, at least. Um, for Instagram, Instagram, we're doing a lot on Instagram. Instagram is all about generating new people, new awareness of your product for the younger demographic. So, a lot of people will see a product on Instagram, read about it, see the image and they'll buy the product on another platform. So Instagram is amazing for top of funnel. Obviously, if you're working with influencers and you have you know people who are talking about your product, what happens is people will see something on Instagram and they'll Google it, then they'll come up on Facebook and it really has a, an amazing impact on the buying patterns of consumers. So we, we run a lot of ads on Instagram, we do a lot of Instagram video. Um, obviously a lot of the Facebook ad feature on Instagram, so like, I, yet on Instagram is coming, but it's uh it, it's coming, but you know I would say Instagram is top of fun.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That makes a whole lot of sense. With all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now?
1: Oh uh, I, I would say the biggest challenge is people i mean we're our business is based on talent our business is based on finding the most talented campaign managers and and video producers and kind of bringing them all under one window and building a team around them. and i would say like we're continuously you know trying to find the most talented people who fit within a culture and that's kind of every single day i spend most of my time recruiting and just trying to keep continuously surround our team with more and more amazing people who bring something unique to the table
0: awesome and where's the ball going you know where's the puck going gretzky said always said he made so many goals by going to where it was going not where it was um what's next what does your crystal ball say
1: i think what's next is like direct interactions with your with your consumer
0: you, you mean actually talking market. to people
1: <laughs> yeah i know it's weird right um, i would say like where marketing is going is becoming more and more and more personal um you know when facebook first started you put up an ad you got a conversion Now you can't really hack the platform by doing all the stuff you used to be able to do duplicate ad sets and, you know, do page likes, you know, literally all that stuff doesn't work anymore. So having a direct relationship with your consumer, whether it's on messenger, whether you're running, you know, specific that, you know, personalized dynamic product ads, marketing marketing is becoming more and more personalized. And I think having a great product and great customer support is going to put you, Put you in the boat of being successful in
0: the future. Awesome. Fascinating interview, amazing story. Uh, for those of you who are listening, watching, want to learn more, resonating with what Steve is saying, it is mute6.com, correct? Yep,
1: mute6.com, uh, Steve at mute6.com. And it's a way to get a hold of me.
0: All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks everybody for watching. Steve, thank you so much for do- donating some of your very valuable time to us today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.